0: So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off market deals and didn't start life on third base. How do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race and build a legacy? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 10. Hey, everybody. Ed Matthews here with Real Estate Underground Podcast. I am here with creative real estate investor Risby Drayton. Risby, thank you so much for your time today. We're really excited to talk with you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor, actually. I appreciate it. I'm just sitting in a park. I usually do my cold calls from my car. Yeah. So I like to change my environment every keeps, once
0: in a while. Keeps you engaged, right? Yeah. Instead of just mindlessly dialing and dialing and dialing. Right. Awesome. We enjoy the breeze, everything. Yeah, exactly. So, Rizvi, why don't you, for those folks, I know you're pretty well known in the investor community, but there may be people out there who haven't really gotten into investing yet and want to learn about who you are and kind of what you do for a living. So, why don't we start there? What do I do for a living? Well, to start with my story, yeah. I'm
1: 29 years old, originally from Sellington, Connecticut. I grew up with a single mother. She worked. She retired from the city of Hartford, then worked part-time job just to you know keep everything maintained. As a kid, she always had me in programs. So I was in recreational basketball. I really stuck to martial arts. That's where I really fit. Started that at seven. To this day, I'm still doing that and teaching private lessons and whatnot.
0: Note to self, don't but, mess with <laughs> No. no.
1: Yeah. I primarily began with real estate, just to do buy and hold to collect rentals because that's all I really knew. That's all I heard of with real estate was owning rental property. So Right At 22, I just started taking it seriously as far as with my education. I didn't really take any action. It was really just learning as much as possible, yeah. just staying locked into my room and just learning hours and hours and hours a day. Right. And now I'm starting to see the benefit of all that. Awesome. Um,
0: yeah, education is a silver bullet, right?
1: Right. I specialize in mainly creative financing and just buying properties with little to no money or using okay. other people's money. All right. That's my niche.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. And so when did you buy your first property? I was
1: 22. I went to Australia for a little bit and I was teaching Muay Thai over there. And the instructor, he had a facility and he was just always traveling every week, going to different countries. And I've seen gym owners and gym owners struggle, especially with martial arts. So it wasn't making sense of how he was doing that. And I guess he heard he in real estate that's the word real estate Not a lot of people to know what that means sure Um, so i looked into it and started oh i have their own rental property so from there that's when i just started my education okay whirlwind yeah 23 i bought my first place using fha three and a half percent down originally i didn't qualify because my income i didn't have any debt really just my income wasn't too much so i learned little loopholes like i would work 80 hours a week for months to show that it was the actual income, not just I'm getting overtime every once in a while. Yeah. So I grinded with that and showed income. And then that's how I got into that property. It was a two family. I still live in it today with a third floor, two bedrooms. So I rented out rooms. I ran out to a lady and then I ran out to storage. Awesome. And my gym's above it too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I teach privates out of there.
0: Fantastic. Is your portfolio strictly rental properties, or do you do any flips or anything like that?
1: I have six units. I have done one flip by myself. That one I did two years ago. I got rid of it last year. Uh-huh. Um, In the middle yeah, of COVID? I, yeah. So I, I got it sold the first day. Yeah. Wow. Above, above asking. And We no were doing drive-by inspections yeah. or appraisals. Yeah. So that one was cool. Yeah. Okay. I didn't use any my own money for that either. At the time I was working with kids and adults with intellectual disabilities okay so I was in a school and group home setting so I was working a lot of hours there and I was trying to get a second house and lenders were just telling me that I had to have 20% down and all of that stuff and for years I had that mindset that I had to do all of that right and I was trying to save 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 to do that flip that I finally did yeah and I never made that savings I never I never made it to that to that 20% yeah.
0: Right. Um, and, and, yet think, you've done, and yet you've done multiple deals, right? Amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got laid off from my job and they were still paying me for three months. So all that time I was just learning. So I didn't have to actually go to a job. I was just home learning. They were paying me anyways. I love so that. So I was learning and then it just finally clicked where I realized that I really didn't need to have my own money. It was the fact that credit is money. But with yep. credit, we use it to buy things that don't make us money. That's just the mindset thing. Right. And then I clicked. And then I learned how to liquidate the card
0: and use that for the flip. Yeah. Fantastic. That's- All right. You specialize in creative deals, right? So mm-hmm. walk me through your approach in terms of how you're evaluating a property and frankly, how you're finding the money. At yeah. first, I was trying
1: to focus on just REOs and buying foreclosed properties using okay. credit cards. Okay. Then I realized that that still involved me needing some money, someone's credit. Right. So I looked into seller financing. I heard of seller financing. I didn't understand what that was. I learned what seller financing was. And then I had to end up getting a house for free off of that family.
0: Sorry, hey, oh, sorry. I'm going to stop. You got a house for free? Yeah. Tell late. me all about that. That's
1: awesome. It was a three family, it needed a lot of work. I didn't really know too much about wholesaling at the time. It was just something I was doing. I didn't even know about assignments. So it was a three family and she had to abandon it and move to Florida because her nephew had got shot. Oh God. So I guess they were just vacating. Yeah. And she said that she had owned the property free and clear because she had did some civil rights work back in the day and the attorney general had paid off her house. Wow. So I let her know that I'll fix the house for you and then I'll pay you on the back end. So when title was said that she had a mortgage open and that she didn't own out, she didn't own the property free and clear. This was after she had already deeded it to me or signed okay. it to me. I didn't use the attorney. I just yep. went down. We cleaned it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I had a title search done. And then they're telling me that you can't take this over because they're going to foreclose on it. And they ended up foreclosing on it. I only lost 4,000 because I just cleaned it out. Yep. So that was that deal.
0: Okay. The foreclosure
1: didn't didn't affect my credit or anything because I didn't use that. She just gave me the house. Sure.
0: Yeah, it affected her credit, unfortunately.
1: I don't understand that to this day if she had mental issues or because she was telling me all these stories on how she fought for her rights, or then the attorney general paid her off. She had a deed for it. And at the time, I thought the deed was when you own a house outright, you get the deed. It's kind of not what a deed is. A deed is just the title, like you own the property. You know, that's another way of saying title. So I think I messed up on that end, but I learned from it.
0: Yeah. So the thing I would take away from that, and I get asked this by my attorney all the time is, do you want me to run a title search? And the answer to that question, 100% of the time is absolutely, right? And we typically buy, we don't typically, we always buy title insurance. So that in a situation like that, if there's something that's been overlooked for whatever reason, at least you have some recourse to protect your rights. Fascinating. Oh,
1: that now. I know that now to you, yeah. attorneys.
0: Hey, man, I've lost count of the mistakes that I make. I make 10 mistakes a day, and hopefully seven or eight of them I can fix, and the other two or three, well, you know, I got a lot smarter, right? So <laughs> yeah. sometimes your education is cheap, and sometimes it's expensive.
1: Right. People pay hundreds, of thousands for their education to go to college and university. Absolutely. So this is the price of it. It's okay. Yeah, I
0: tell people left and right, I don't have an MBA, but I live my MBA every day, right? I learn real estate and entrepreneurship and marketing and finance and accounting and everything else to run the businesses you run, to run the business I run. It teaches us every day. That's important. Obviously, you are someone who has kind of taken the bull by the horns and dove in and created quite a nice portfolio. I mean, six units is pretty significant. And I base that on the fact that I meet dozens and probably hundreds of people through CT and my own networking. And I'd say 90 to 95% of them want to do what you do, want to do what I do, but they don't for whatever, either they can't find the money, they don't have the courage, they don't know where to get the deals or whatever. So what separated you as an entrepreneur from those folks that are just dreamers that are afraid to pull the trigger, so to speak? I think
1: it's really just three things. First, your mindset. Your mindset has to be there. Right. If you're trying to build wealth or you're trying to be a 1%, or as I like to call it, these people, they don't use the same strategies that everyone else uses. If everyone used them, there wouldn't be any employees. There wouldn't be anyone to get the garbage, to make the food, to deliver the mail. There wouldn't be any employees because that's not how economies work. So if you want to be a business owner, you're obviously having people telling you, like, you shouldn't do that. That's risky. And- just a bunch of things to deter you from you doing what you want to do, but you're not taking the information from the right people on that. Right. So mindset's huge. And then that comes with habits and talking to yourself differently with your goals instead of saying, I think I'm going to try to read a book today. I'm going to do those podcasts. You're already setting yourself up for failure. You could tell yourself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do those podcasts today. And to put some time on it. I'm going to do it at five o'clock. People aren't willing to do that. People aren't willing to write things down. They're not willing to change their habits. Right. But really, money can be
0: created as long as you have the correct mindset. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CTREA Funding comes in. CTREA Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to C-T-R-E-I-A or call us at 860-876-0572. I was talking with uh, Oz Pariser, who I think you may know, the nonsense um, and, uh, and riches in mind. And one of the things he was talking about was a book he read called uh, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've ever read it, but basically the author says, you know, every day when you wake up, you vote, right? You vote on who you are. And you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. You're either a person who's yeah. fit or you're not. You're a person who takes care of themselves or you're not. Right. And with every action, you're making that vote. So you voted to become a real estate entrepreneur. And you know, that commitment, and I couldn't agree with you more that the fact that goals don't become real until you write them down and commit to them specifically, right? Yeah. I'm gonna get this done at five o'clock today. I was talking with a friend of mine a while ago, and he was talking about, along the lines of what you were talking about with COVID and losing your job. What did you do with COVID? Did you sit and binge Netflix shows, or did you go out and get educated, right? You went out and got educated, and even more so, right, above and beyond where you were previously. So that's impressive, man. Hats off.
1: This was that flip I was saying. That was 2019, so when I had sold it, that's when COVID started. Yeah, there's tons of opportunities. So right now we're in a wealth transfer. Right. And if you understand how economies work, then you could definitely come on top. So I'm taking advantage of people losing their, I mean, I don't wish people for loser jobs. That's just something that's happening. Sure. And I understand that. Yeah. And I'm going to help people. So I know how to help people. These people lost their jobs. Now they're behind on their mortgage, especially if it's rental property or whatever. Now they're stuck with some options. They can do the forbearance where it doesn't report for a certain amount of time. If you have a W two, they can add it to the back end of your loan. Yeah. No, if not, they're going to ask for it all up front. What if people are going to be foreclosed on. So I have the solution of saving you. I'll reinstate your mortgage. I'll take it over and I'll make sure you're already set a new place before we even close. That's if that's if you you decide to do. Right. If you wanted you to stay the there, problem. yeah. If you want to stay there, we can figure something out where you can. I'll reinstate the loan. I'll own it, and then you can do a rent to own with me. Yep. So there's always yes. solutions, that's what I do.
0: So when you're talking about reinstating loans, are you talking about assuming those loans and then catching them up?
1: So the thing is with loan assumptions, that doesn't exist with what, this is terminology thing. Loan assumptions is when yeah. you would go to the bank and then the bank would rewrite the loan for you just taking it over. Right. That's a loan assumption. What I do is I take over the house, but the loan stays open in the previous owner's name and they're responsible for, it. I'm just gonna take over. Catch it up for you.
0: Gotcha, and have the house. Right. So basically, you're quit claiming the house to your you or your company, and you're paying the mortgage on behalf of the owner, as far as the bank's concerned.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they don't. So with banks, they don't care. As long as they get their payment, they're
0: happy. And that's the key, right (laughs) there. Right? Is the due on sale clause? You always hear about. Oh, you can't do what you're describing, right? But the Mm -hmm. fact is, you can, because the bank, Chase Manhattan Bank, doesn't care. If they get the check from Ed Matthews or Risby Drayton, it doesn't matter. What they want is they want their 2000 bucks or whatever it is. So let me ask you, it sounds like you are very educated in this space and you've figured out a bunch of angles that most people don't even take advantage of. You were talking about mindset and surrounding yourself with people that are behind you, right? So what's the best advice you've ever gotten? And I'm just curious who gave it to you.
1: Take information from people who have done or doing what you're trying to do grant cardo i heard that at his 10x conference a couple years ago
0: yeah that's when
1: i did change my life because i think that was like the i don't know i've been working on the mindset thing but going to that it's like there's a whole nother side like the whole habits like writing i was always against like writing your goals down and stuff i have a vision board I, i have that up but like with goals it's like i know what i need to do Right. And with all those successful speakers, they were all doing the same thing. So I might as well just follow the blueprint.
0: Right. Know? Model those before you. Right. Yeah. That have done what you want to do. I agree. Okay. You've obviously read a bunch of books. I'm just curious from a business perspective, what's the most impactful or the best business book you've ever read?
1: Honestly, I'm more of a podcast guy. Okay. Audio, so, audio guy let's talk about I that. like to move around and maximize my time. It makes yeah, sense. Totally. It will be another Grant Cardone seller be sold. Okay. Mainly just because he shows you how to handle rejection and how to overcome objections. Especially if you're trying to do off-market deals, you have to talk to people. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to say no. A lot of people are going to hang up. And if you don't perfect your scripts and how to talk to people, if you might sound robotic or people are going to know that. And they might test you with objections that if you don't know the right response, then they'll just hang out the phone on you. Sure. I take those objections as that's just a hurdle. You're not fully uninterested with what I'm saying. It's just, I have to get over this hurdle and then I can get to you. That's not a problem
0: if you want me to get there. Right. But they've got to believe, right? They got to believe that you're a good guy and that you're dealing straight with them, right?
1: It's really just this giving them value. I mean, I'm not going to convince anyone. I already know I have a solution for you. I'm just going to give you as much value as possible. And if
0: you decide that's what you want to do, then I'll help you. Fantastic. So as far as real estate specific podcasts, what are some of your favorites? Listen to Bigger
1: Pockets. I started doing the subject two before Pace Morby, but I'm starting to I'm listening to his stuff. His stuff is really good. Chris Crone, mm-hmm. Jay Morrison, those. And I listen, I listen to different the RBCs, which is real estate, business, and
0: credit. So I listen to all three of them because you need all of them to do when I'm trying Okay, when I do. Awesome. So you mentioned credit. Who's somebody you're listening to these days about building your credit? The credit game, he's good. Uh-huh. This is others guy's name. He's
1: always having uh different credit union cards and how to get approved for high limits on those. I'll study different companies like Funding Grow. I, I use their service and I basically okay. just copied. So I only need to see something one time yeah. or or hear something one time and then I'll learn. As long as it's real estate related, I can use credit. I'll just learn as much as I can on that or everything on yeah. that. Yeah. And then I'll just figure it out myself. So with Funding Grow, they're a third party that gets you business credit. So uh, they have the requirements on how you access business credit, how to liquidate the cards, all this information. So I learned it. And now I just do it for other people.
0: And now you don't need them anymore, right? Yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) Clearly you've got an entrepreneurial mind and I'm curious, you probably could have done anything, right? You could have gone in to be a stockbroker or trader or anything. Why'd you pick real estate?
1: Real estate is all around us. Yeah. We're born in it. The hospitals. Yeah. Living in houses, condos, apartments. We use it, malls, roadways, and we die in it, the land. It's real. We can touch it. We can send mail to it. We can live in it. A stock... That's just a piece of paper. It doesn't even exist. These 401ks, you're giving money to someone else to do whatever they want with it. I hope they know what they're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. I can control something that's going to be here when I die. My chosen children is going to, that's physical. That business or company can die as a lifeline on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the S&P 500 from 1900 to 2000, I don't believe there's one company that was in the Fortune 500, S&P 500 back in the early 20th century versus if you look at those same lists today, none of those companies exist, right? There you go. (laughs) So we've already talked about one of your deals, the no money down deal, which I still am fascinated by. What about another deal that you're particularly proud of? The
1: one that I got last October. This was one that the guy was trying to sell it on the market for a year. I ended up staying in contact with him every couple of months it wasn't on top of him every month yeah but he ended up selling the house so it's two family and the tenants weren't paying nobody wants to buy a house that tenants aren't paying especially with covid sure, going sure. on right you know but that doesn't scare me because i've educated myself enough to know how to position with the tenants i can put myself in a position where i'll be good with the tenants so i inherited tenants that weren't paying i bought it subject to he was a little behind on his mortgage, not a lot, but he had a tax lien, and he wanted twenty thousand. So originally he had it up for one sixty, and I had got it for ninety eight, because how I bought it. Yeah, and it's worth two fifty. With creative, I don't really like with creative financing. It's like looking at something backwards. So I looked at the ARB, the two fifty, and then what the mortgage was. And then that's my equity. So as long as the renovation covers it, some for me to get it reinstated, to make the payments, if they're not going to pay eviction, all these things, if there's enough equity to cover all of that, then it makes sense. Yep. So I let him know that I'll buy it, you know, because he was living in New York and he was out of state. So he, they were just running the house. The yard is a mess. They're paying wow. now, which is good. But I agreed to take over his payments. And then Three or five years, I'll cash him out, and okay. he was happy with that. So, I had given him some money at closing. I had broke it down; it gets pretty complex. I set it up where I would give him some money at closing, and then I'll give him some money in a couple months because he wanted more than twenty thousand. But I was going to give him twenty thousand. Okay, I worked. So I gave him some upfront, and then that gave me time to go into the property and stabilize it, get the new tenants on board. That I'm the property manager. I'm willing to forgive your rent, blah, 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 if you go on lease. Which is, the whole point of me doing that was structuring a position with them too legally. So I have paper, not just because they didn't have anything with the other guy. They had a month-to-month, but I didn't see any leases. I didn't even see the first unit. And I knew that the backyard was all their stuff. So I bought a site unseen on that unit. But everything, it all made sense. So I gave him some money at closing. I went in got them to start paying rent. And then I gave him the rest of the money. So what I did was I pulled out a second mortgage the day I bought the house
0: of his equity and used that to cover everything. Brilliant. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? And this is just one big math problem. And if you can figure the the arithmetic out, there's a deal. I love how you said you come at this from behind, right? That you're kind of deconstructing this deal so that you can create a perspective and understand the math better than anybody else that is potentially evaluating this. who's just looking at this from a, how do I finance this deal, right? They're probably not even thinking the way you think. They might thinking about
1: financing. They're probably thinking of, well, I think about a couple of things. I think about the investment, how much money my return is going to be on the investment, the return on my cash that I have to use or credit or whatever, however I find the funds. I try to find it to do with literally no money. Like,
0: how I did it. I literally use his equity to buy everything. So my returns are infinite. Right. And over time, you're going to get those tenants to pay. And once they start paying, that building becomes like you were saying earlier, a lot more valuable immediately. Right. There's still a value. Yeah. Then you bring the rents up to market and you reinvest that money to make the building even nicer. And over time you've bought an ugly building, but
1: you're ugly. To- hey, it wasn't no, ugly. no, no. The heaters were new. The second floor had just been renovated. It just needs new floors in the kitchen and throughout. It has new heating. I just did the roof because I had a leak. So I just did a roof and I fixed the furnace. I fixed the fan in there yep. and added a sub pump
0: and they're paying wow. utility. Like, it's That's sick. Simple. That's really great. Simple. Congrats. Thank you. So let me ask you, when you're not doing real estate or chasing down deals, what do you like to do? How do you keep yourself busy?
1: I teach Muay Thai twice yeah. a week in boxing. Hang out with my two dogs, Prince and Riley. I love them. Yeah. I'm a dog trainer too, so I like to train them. They're awesome. super obedient. They know hand signals on. They're really cool dogs. I post them on my Facebook a lot. Honestly, I've been locked in. So I've been self-employed for about almost four years of like yeah. since I quit my job and just was like, I have enough knowledge. I need to just do it. Once yeah. I figured out that I didn't need money and I used credit cards, then it was just a wrap after that. That's when I quit and I just focused. So I've been locked in. I don't really, I don't go anywhere. When people ask me to go out, I kid you not, I just say, I can't, oh, I'm doing this. They know what I'm doing. And, you know, I've lost some friends in that because they think that I'm avoiding them or I'm just not talking to them. I'm really not talking to anybody. I'm locked, You're locked in. in.
0: Yeah.
1: Like you see me in the park. Uh, this is what I do. By my, I'm always by myself. Yeah. I don't listen to the radio. I'm always in silence. I'm always just improving my mind. Like, how can I do something? Listen to a podcast or I'm always using my time because I don't know how much time I have here. So I'm just trying to build generational wealth, and I have to sacrifice to do that.
0: Impressive. So you mentioned Facebook. If people want to get in touch with you and pick your brain or just introduce themselves, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Instagram is the best. I'm trying to work on my social following. Just, just okay. giving a lot of value out through that. It's Mr. Underscore ROI Underscore Mister ROI. I'm also open to JVing with anybody in Connecticut if they have something locked up. Or any agents, like agents are very hard to work with because they have a strict way of real estate and they know one way of real estate. So when I tell them I could do this, they're just like, hang up. They just don't believe anything I'm saying.
0: Right, they don't understand. <laughs> um, their-
1: they don't, but I do have solutions for all their clients who are considering short sales or just want too much. Yep. But yeah, they can find me on Instagram, MR underscore Roy underscore. Yeah, anybody in Connecticut, if you have something locked up and it doesn't make wholesale sense or doesn't make sense to you at all, I'll look at it and I'll find, cause I'm not trying to make a profit now. A lot of the creative financing is about pausing your profit, then making profit later, which is right. wealth building anyways. So right. I'll look at it and then we'll work it out.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Rizvi, thank you so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate your time and frankly, your expertise. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope I gave a lot of value to your you. You sure did. You sure did. So Thanks. This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CTRIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CTRIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or CTRIA.com. Until next time, happy investing.